Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Adam. How's it going, Adam? Hey, it's going pretty well. Nice. I've, uh, I've have not been driving a truck across the country as of late, so... Yeah. Gave me a lot of energy. When I protest things, I protest things that are not moronic, so... (laughs) (laughs) It's a good rule of thumb. It's funny that, like, Canada's been in the news for that lately. I'm like, please, there's better things to have us in the news for than this. Like, this is not... Don't don't remember us for this. Yeah. Uh, Also with us, as always, is Katie. How's it going, Katie? It's going. I have so much stuff... And I'm so tired, but I'm getting my booster, so it's going to make me more tired, but it's fine. Because <laughs> then the party can start. Power through. So, well, Lee might join us here in a sec. We don't know where he is or where he is. He went to go make a coffee and he just got lost out in Mexico. So, who knows what happened there. Uh, don't forget, there's the other podcast in the Three Angry Nerds Network, including Three Angry Gamers Trumble, the horror movie podcast, the Friday Night Dinner podcast, Nerds in Love, Spoilercast, and First Friday. Woo! Let's get going. Uh, starting off the news, I'm sure Katie will love this because she's a big old Doctor Strange fan and Benedict fan to boot, but Doctor Strange <laughs> and the Multiverse of Madness synopsis promises mind-bending and dangerous alternate realities oh wow yeah (laughs) i mean i'm not surprised because the trailer did suggest that but still good to know yeah uh i want to go to one of these realities where black panther is a good movie (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) Oof. <laughs> I want to go to one of these realities where Falcon and the Winter Soldier never came out. Yeah. But Luckily, I'm still living in the reality where I never watched Hawkeye, so... See, I, I didn't hate <laughs> Hawkeye nearly as much as everyone else, but yeah, I hear you. Oh, hey, it's Lee. How's it going, Lee? Oh, you know, it's going. Nice. We were just talking about Doctor Strange... And how the synopsis, the new one that came out, says it's going to have mind-bending and dangerous alternate realities. Okay, that tells me nothing. 
Oh, yeah. shit. Could you imagine if one of those realities is Star Wars? They just blow into Star Wars. It's like C-3PO and R2-D2. Oh, shit. That would, like, fucking make the fanboys just destroy themselves. Like, they would just, like, mm-hmm. they would just be, like, dead. This is too much. I, I now, think I, there's, I, like, a good chance of that happening, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I know this wouldn't happen, but I, I think a funnier one would be uh, they go into, like, the, the Snyder universe. <laughs> Here. In a Disney movie, like, it'd be the biggest slap in the face to Warner Brothers. Disney pays better respect to the Snyderverse than Warner Brothers does. Oh God. Well, yeah, I I think it just kind of lends Mercury into the all this stuff about there being like cool cameos and stuff. Like, hey, if you go to an alternate reality, you might see. Uh, I, I know they've mentioned it a few times, Tom Cruise as Iron Man, and I'm like, sure, why not? Like, let's just have a movie where we just go around, like, Rick and Morty style to all these different realities, and we just see all this cool shit. I'm down for that. That'd be pretty cool, actually. Yeah. I want to see a reality where all the Avengers are just, like, babies. Just, like, baby <laughs> Iron Man. And, like, baby Thor. <laughs> They're all just, like, like children. Fighting other ba- like baby Thanos. I'm telling you, they're gonna <laughs> like really blip into Star Wars. It'll be like C3PO and R2D2. They'll be like, "Oh no, I can't believe Darth Vader's coming on board." And then Darth Vader comes on board, and they're like, "Oh God, get out of here, shit!" <laughs> <laughs> now that I've oh, mentioned that, somebody at Disney's like, "Fuck, last minute reshoots. We're putting Star Wars in." Which is like, we could think of all the toys we could sell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Star Wars is in the Marvel Universe? Well, anyways. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 director James Gunn says the Dark Threequel is the last time we'll see this team. So, I'm guessing some people gonna die. People dead. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. You think, when it says, like, this team, like, that the Guardians are gonna continue, but just with, like... I guess it's a new ensemble. Mm. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, mm. Even in the comics, there's like a, there's like four or five different versions of the team. So, it's, oh wow, uh, okay. Yeah. I think like Venom's even a, a team member on one of them. It's just ridiculous. I don't Damn. know if they'll do that, but maybe Tom Hardy. In yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Four confirmed. Because <laughs> I mean, like even like the second one was kind of sad with like. Like Yondu's death there and everything, and Spoiler. I guess the third one they might just be uh, up and up in the chopping block. Or I, I, I don't know. I feel like they're not going to kill any like the main cast. Oh, I think they will. Uh, just because they're so popular, like I just don't think they'll do it. I think they'll probably do like Chris Pratt and um, uh, what's her name, uh, Zoe Gamora. Saldana, huh? Yeah, Gamora. I think they'll have them like retire from the team, like to be together. Um, and I'm gonna say that Rocket will probably be the new leader of it. Ooh. I could see, like Chris Pratt's character, kind of like oh, Starler. Uh, I could see his like uh, fate being ambiguous. Like maybe you think he's dead, but eh, maybe there's a chance we can bring him back in the fifth or sixth movie or something. Like mm-hmm. you know. Like, he's not dead, but he's, you, you, you kind of leave it up in the air. 
Because I think with Chris Pratt, that dude has so much going on. I think he probably wants to bow out of this universe for a bit and, like, I don't know, work on Jurassic World movies or Tomorrow War 2 or whatever garbage he wants to work on. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just going to say I think the Guardians of the movies are probably the best movies he's been in. But that's mm-hmm. that's my opinion. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think they'll leave him ambiguous because you could like always bring him back later. But technically, it would be like, oh, he's quote unquote dead, but not really. Mm. Um, I could also see them killing Groot because why not? You have a splinter, you could bring him back. So death of Groot again. Yeah, I, I, yeah, because they've already done it. I don't think they'll do that. I mean, I could see them, if, if they are going to kill somebody, I could see them killing Rocket just because uh, his voice actor is, like, trying to, you know, go off and do other more important things, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Also, too, like, Gamora and Nebula, I feel like their stories are also wrapping up, so it could be them. Honestly, it could be anybody, now that I think about it. Fuck. And it could be anybody. Um, Ivory Aquino? God, that, I probably butchered that. Uh, has been cast as the trans character Alicia Yell in Batgirl. Cool. Okay. Cool. I, <laughs> I just I, I have no idea who that is. No, I, I have no idea either. And I'm I mean I'm a pretty I I think I'm a pretty big DC fan, and I've never heard of that character. But I think it, it might just be one of her like school friends or something. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. I think if anything, it's like cool. They are progressive, and they cast somebody who's not token white girl or something. So cool. Ooh, this one just dropped like earlier or late last night. But Walking Phoenix's Joker sequel eyeing a twenty twenty three start date. Joker two, baby. More depressing and more fucking just. Misery porn abound. <laughs> yeah, that was a very sad movie. Very sad, tragic story, but I liked it. And uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to force a sequel, but I, I know I think Joaquin Phoenix and, and Todd Phillips, the director, they said that like they'd only do it if they thought there was like a story worth telling. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I wonder what that would be. I, I don't think they would bring Batman into this world. Um, well, I mean, Batman in this world is like an eight-year-old, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, unless he's like that kid or something, I don't think it's going to work. Mm. Um, Did you see, yeah, there was like... I think like William Defoe was talking, though, where he, he was saying like he, he wanted to be in like the Joker sequel, possibly put, playing like a, like a Joker imposter. And you could kind of have like a Joker versus Joker kind of thing. Yeah, um, I guess that would be cool. I mean, just because William Defoe's crazy, but mm. I, don't I don't know if that would actually happen. <laughs> I think I'd want like a movie where he's more fully realized Joker. Like, I think Joker the first movie it was fine, but it took him such a long time to be the Joker that you know. Like, I'd love to see, like, what a movie would look like if it's just, like, him being the Joker for an entire movie. Like, planting bombs in the dam, or I don't know, whatever the fuck Joker does. But, you know, just give him a movie where he's full-on Joker for, like, two hours. 
Um, yeah, I think that would be good. Uh, I don't need, like, Joker imposters or anything. I think, like, if anything, maybe throw in, like, another DC villain that maybe he has to go up against, like, Riddler or something. Well, they might not do Riddler because mm. they're doing him into Batman, but, like, somebody like that where it's, like, realistically you're not going to have Batman in this universe, but you could have, like, another up-and-coming villain that maybe he's squaring off against. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see how kind of like the criminal, like underworld, maybe some other villains kind of like respond to all, all like the anarchy he's been causing. Mm. I could see that direction. Hobans. Uh, there's a rumor that a Court of Owls project is in development. Is it a movie? Is it a show? Does it connect to the Batman? Nobody knows. But it, there's a project apparently in development. Okay, then. I fucking hate the Court of Hours. I fucking hate them. They're so boring. I, I don't even know what that is. Well, that's because they suck. <laughs> and nobody. It's hard to find... It's hard to think something's memorable when it's not... I don't know where I was going with this. I just don't like the Court of Hours. I I think they're kind of boring villains. It's basically like... It's kind of like the Illuminati, but with like people wearing owl masks. And I'm like, that's not that interesting like this isn't the joker where like you have Mm -hmm. an expansive backstory that people are probably curious to find out like okay cool there's a bunch of first people fucking doing shady shit that's not that exciting for me but i know i'm in the minority i know people love court of owls as villains people are clamoring from all over the place so i mean Yeah, I, I was surprised how popular Court of Owls kind of became for, for pretty much just like some old secret society of rich people, as you say. But yeah. I, I, I don't know. It'd be I, I wonder. I don't if this is connected to the Batman. I mean, that's that'd be that's kind of an interesting thing to see in live action. But I don't know because if, if it's not, if it's just a standalone thing, it seems weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think, too, like, they're probably waiting to see how everything pans out before they decide what it connects to, because it's typical Warner Brothers, they can't make up their mind about shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they would so easily just last minute be like, alright, this is connected to something else now. Oh, the, the, the Batman's doing well, it connects to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we figured, we do this all the whole, the whole time, guys. Uh, WB moving forward Mortal Kombat 2 with a new writer Jeremy Slater who actually wrote the upcoming Moon Knight series so fucking A cause Mortal Kombat fucked it's awesome that's a word for it <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, I, I really enjoyed Mortal Kombat I've rewatched it a couple times and I'm like man this movie is just pure schlocky fun it knows what it is and it's having fun with it give me more yeah give me johnny cage give me some more characters from that universe i'm trying to think of who i want in the sequel and i can't think i of mean anybody. maybe it'll have a better story this time wait you're implying there was a story in the first game or the first i mean game. i mean there, there sort of was i think there was a tournament and some dude was like figuring out who was Happy was and it ended up being scorpion like well it wasn't even a tournament if i remember right they're like we need to get a symbol fighters for the tournament and then it never actually happened Lulz. 
<laughs> and then the main character literally gained plot armor. Okay, Lee, I don't need you to shit on this movie because it has a fucking <laughs> Sub Zero fight that was fucking awesome. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I will give it that. Like the fights in this in that movie were were pretty amazing. It's just I think back on it and I'm like, <laughs> why? Like, also, I don't know. I could I could have played a video game. Uh, also, the Australian dude was like way too much, and I loved him for it. Like he's like, yeah. oh, crocky mate, gonna rest you with my Bobby eye," and I'm like, "The fuck is this guy on?" I love it. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just wondering if this will go straight to HBO Max because uh, the first movie was an HBO Max kind of exclusive. I don't think it touched theaters at all, and it did pretty well on HBO Max. But that's what I'm kind of wondering: like, do you just put this straight on HBO Max, or do you like maybe do it theatrically? Do, are people going to show up in theaters for Mortal Kombat 2? Mamabe, mamabe. The answer is no. I guess. <laughs> uh, James Gunn confirms there's a second spinoff of the Suicide Squad planned, and he's hopeful for Peacemaker season two. Uh, both of those are uh, I would like to see. So make them happen, James Gunn. I guess the question yeah, is. Right. I trust James Gunn now. It's like whatever he wants to do, just let him do it. But like, who's the the spinoff character? Ratcatcher 2, maybe? Yeah. That's to be someone who's not dead, so... I mean, I guess you could do a prequel, but... Like, do you, do, do people care enough about Polkadot Man to see, like, 10 <laughs> episodes of that dude? Probably not. Do, do a Weasel series? <laughs> oh yeah, there's so many of those characters that died off, like, right away. But the Weasel actually lived. It was, like, the other... <laughs> little after credit thing where he just like wakes up and just like just walks into the forest and <laughs> give me a thing for Pete Davidson's character or Nathan Fillion's character the detachable kid I don't know <laughs> oh god I think Ratcatcher 2 makes the most sense I mean mm -hmm. I would love to see Idris Elba's character but I also feel like his arc largely got completed in that movie, so I don't know what would be left story-wise to show for a 10-episode season, but mm -hmm. we'll see. I guess if you had asked me if Peacemaker was the character I wanted to hedge my bets on getting his own show, I would have said nope. But here we are. Uh, Ezra Miller wants to kill the KKK. And you know what? Power to him. Because I'm sure... He could do it. <laughs> Not really. Okay, then. <laughs> yeah. He put out a video, and he, it was such a weird video, because he basically said, like, I know what you did, and you know what you did, too, and either kill yourselves or I'm going to do it for you. And I'm like, what? What? Like, Ezra Miller, just cray-cray. Um... Some people have said this might be a publicity stunt to, like, fix his image after choking that one girl. And I'm like, if this is supposed to fix his image, I don't think it's doing a great job. So. It was strange. Mm -hmm. It was strange because he's, yeah, he, he, he hardly ever uses social media. And then just to, like, kind of come out of nowhere with this, yeah. like, random, very, like, kind of personal video. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know said, the like, drama, but 
like, did something personally happen to him? Like, wouldn't you call the cops at that point? Like, I don't know, it's just very strange. Yeah. Like, I don't think there was any big newsworthy, like, like travesty caused by the KKK of, of recent, or... Oh. I mean, not that they aren't always just being assholes, but... Well, I think it's because people are like, well, you know, the, the KKK are terrible. I'm like, oh, yeah, though, they are, but, you know, an actor telling them to kill themselves or he'll do it for them is, like, eh, probably a step too far. But... <sighs> Ezra Miller, you just keep on being cray-cray, I guess. Uh, Jason Momoa and talks to join... Vin Diesel and Fast and the Furious 10 as the villain. Because <laughs> why not? Every actor in Hollywood has to be a fucking villain in one of these movies at one point, so go on ahead. Was uh was John Cena the last one? Yes, he was. <clears throat> it was John yeah. He was uh Vin Diesel's brother, if I'm remembering correctly, and I forgot about that movie the minute I left the theater. Oh okay. Yeah. Now Momoa will be his long lost cousin. <laughs> no, Momo will just seriously be playing Aquaman, but in this movie. <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh, we've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's a poster. It's got your boy Leatherface on it and teases his new look. Apparently, he's going to be a little bit of an older boy. So, I don't know. Old man Leatherface? Sure. Why not? Uh, full trailer coming tomorrow this coming Monday so that's exciting uh, that's going straight to Netflix too which I think will be a good get for Netflix because they don't have the biggest selection of horror content so go to them and they'll be streaming so you don't have to go to the theaters and get your nasty Omicron you can do it from home or your girlfriend or boyfriend for a little while good times And final bit of news, The Office star Steve Carell to re-team with John Krasinski for fantasy movie If starring Ryan Reynolds. Okie doke. Hmm. Sounds okay. promising. <laughs> I'm not, like, that hot on any of those people anymore. So, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Carell's had some hits and misses. But... I love Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. What if Benedict Cumberbatch was in this movie? Would that just be an instant for you? <laughs> I'd watch. I'd, I watch anything with Ryan Reynolds in it, even though some of them are questionable. But you know, we can't all be perfect. Uh, plot details are unknown in this movie, but apparently it will tell the tale of a child's journey to rediscover their imagination. Okay, then. Sounds wholesome. <laughs> sure. <sighs> okay. Well, that's it for the news. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and review Pamatami, The Legend of Vox Machina, Clerk, and <clears throat> uh, The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. Thank God I got that in one take. Back in a bit. Hey everybody, it's Curtis from the podcast, letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content such as The Boys, The Expanse, 
The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it. If you want to stick around, they've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up. And you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits. So sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. And we're back. Uh, go check out our movie commentary. The last one we did was for Chop the Mall. A movie with surprisingly very little chopping, but a whole lot of mall. Uh, then the next one is Wayne's World, which will probably be in a couple weeks, but we'll let you know. We'll keep you in the loop. Uh, let's get to reviews. Uh, probably the biggest thing this week is Pam and Tommy. The first three episodes are dropping on Hulu or Disney Plus and international markets. And then it's going to be a weekly release there on out. And uh, yeah, Pam and Tommy, very interesting show. Uh, centers on a construction worker, laborer, contractor who's working on the house for uh, Tommy Lee, who's the drummer for Motley Crue, uh, throughout the movie, uh, or throughout the show. It feels like a movie, because it's very cinematic. Uh, but throughout the show, uh, he kind of gets a little bit slighted by Tommy Lee and goes in to steal his uh, safe, which inadvertently has the infamous Pam and Tommy tape. Uh, despite this actually centering on the tape itself, uh, there's such a great human element to this show that I really enjoyed. Uh, you really feel the repercussions that this tape has on everyone's lives, including uh, Seth Rogen's character who steals it, uh, Pam and Tommy, uh, played by Lily James and Sebastian Stan. Uh, you you kind of feel throughout this that like everyone you kind of feel where everyone's coming from so when they have these big bombastic moments you have a complete understanding of where they're coming from uh, you really do also sympathize with uh, uh, Pamela Anderson in this uh, show because you know she's fighting against a lot of sexism and all this and then the tape comes out and just kind of makes things worse for her so I thought it was really interesting that it use the, the tape to kind of almost be like a major setback for her in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, the performances are all across the board great. The cinematography is great. Again, this like almost is shot just like a movie. I, if it wasn't for the fact that this take a, took a break for episodes, I would have thought it was a movie. So uh, kudos to that. <clears throat> uh, I think my only major complaint is there's maybe like one or two filler episodes that didn't really feel overly engaging but i still i still was largely entertained all throughout so i'd give pam and tommy a nine out of ten again it hits hulu and uh disney plus the first three episodes uh this week i've seen all the episodes just as a little heads up on that and then uh next up is the legend of vox machina which uh if you're not too familiar uh critical role is a podcast that uh does dungeons and dragons uh this is sort of like an animated telling of that so it's sort of like an animated dungeons and dragons show but what's great about it is it's definitely not for kids uh it's kind of keeping with like invincible and even the boys to a degree where it's just very vulgar and rude and <laughs> lots going on uh, there's definitely a lot of nudity and swearing, which I was very surprised by. I guess I kind of have expected this to be like mildly wholesome, but I don't know. Maybe I was just wasn't 
quite aware of what to expect but man was this entertaining too uh i was having a great time just kind of diving into the characters the action was all well done uh like just the animation was so beautiful and this is probably one of the most beautifully animated shows i've seen in such a long time you can tell that they invested a lot of time and care into uh just the overall look of the world uh all the voice acting i mean if you listen to critical role these are all the same people so you know you're not gonna be too hard pressed to be entertained by that uh yeah and i think it's just like a really tight uh episodes that are just telling a really great story um yeah i'd give it also a solid nine out of ten as well and that's on amazon prime i think as well i'm gonna double check but i think there's the first three episodes and then after that is uh, a weekly release if i'm not mistaken maybe i should check on that uh okay so apparently it's two episodes will be released each week starting actually this past week so that's random that is very random but amazon prime just seems to have weird release strategies for all of their stuff and it never seems to consistent so i don't know uh and then next up is clerk uh, this is a documentary that kind of looks into the movies and life of Kevin Smith, uh, director of Clerks, Small Rats, Chasing Amy, countless others. Uh, I think if you were a fan of his movies, this is like a solid uh, get. I did f feel at times like the documentary kind of skirted around some things that maybe he just didn't want to talk about. And I guess, in my opinion, like, you're gonna have a documentary like this you shouldn't be afraid to like discuss these things uh but like there are certain points where like he's like oh everyone always says that like my movies got bad when i started smoking weed and then he's like ah whatever uh and i'm like mm, would have been interesting to like have a bit more of a discussion on that and like maybe why you think your movies have gotten bad maybe if you don't think it's weed maybe it's something else but i don't know it's just it felt like he just didn't really want to discuss those points and uh, in my opinion like that's kind of why somebody might want to check out a documentary like this so i guess if you're kind of if you're a big kevin smith fan i'd say it's like a, probably closer to like an eight or a nine i think for most people and my final score will be closer to a seven out of ten still entertaining but just yeah it doesn't quite go deep enough in some aspects all right katie you want to talk about the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window okay the fact that now i can say the entire title without stuttering amazing for me <laughs> i've never gotten it right before but now i can say it. the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window it is a very confusing show it okay the main character is kind of unstable to say the least and it makes the viewer see like feel crazy as well as we're going through it because we're always seeing it from like her side mm. like she's playing detective all the time and then the ending just really really confused me like this makes me think that like is would there be like a second season but also it's like a limited series thing so I'm not sure but they chose to leave it at that mm. um i think one thing to note was that i did cringe at some of the dialogue which is not good 
But I think overall, if you want to watch something that you can also figure out along with the main character, it's worth watch. Uh, but it's not something I would normally go for. Even though I love like mystery and stuff, this was not the most intriguing of them. Just like the premise was not the greatest, but okay, I'll give it a six out of ten. Okay. Cool. Uh, well, that is it for reviews. And uh, when we come back, we're going to recap episode five of both Book of Boba Fett and Peacemaker. And then we're going to talk about our movie club, which is not another teen movie. Back in a bit. Hey, Spark. Have you listened to the newest album by Smash Mouth? No, I haven't gotten my copy yet. Oh, man, it's the bomb. Oh, I heard they were going to use this for that new movie with Mike Myers, Shrek. It's okay. I mean, it's no walking on the sun, though. Ah, the ghost! I'm the ghost of What's streaming? You can magically play any song you want. It's pretty cool. In fact, Amazon Music offers a three month trial for new users to check out its vast selection. Amazon? Like the website that sells books? Yes! In fact, take a look! What's this? It looks like a remote control, but from the future. It's a device that you can stream on. In fact, why don't you go to http colon forward slash forward slash getamazonmusic.com forward slash creatorinerds so you can try the service for free for one month. If you don't like it, you cannot subscribe at any time. Wow, there's a lot here. Yeah, there is. What's dubstep? We're back. Uh, let's talk about the Book of the Mandalorian, Episode 5. I mean, the Book of Boba Fett, Episode 5. Uh, <laughs> uh, the joke everyone's making on the internet because they took a big detour this week. No Boba Fett. Instead, we got Mando. It was a yeah, very yeah. welcome uh, change of pace. <laughs> I'm like, this is at least better. for me. Well, if anything, like for me, it's like I don't know. Even season two of Mandalorian felt so distracting with all the cameos and setups for different characters. Like this felt like the first time I've seen Mando just doing his own thing, not really tying into too many other people's stories. And it kind of was nice, but I mean, also at the same time too, I'm like, this is the book of Boba Fett. Why are we? getting this random episode focusing on Din Djarin or whatever his name is. I'm not complaining. Yeah. Also, what was up with that chick that said she was hooking up with a Jawa? I was like, what the fuck? Oh, that was the mechanic from uh, from Mandalorian. <laughs> Wait, how does that work? Did Wait, I missed... I totally missed that line. 
Yeah, oh, it, it, it's just a joke, I think. Like, it's just like a dumb joke. She's like, yeah, I've been, I haven't heard from this from this Java I've been hooking up with. I'm like, girl, what? No, no. She said she dated him once or something like that, and and then she, that's when she makes the joke. She's like, they're really hairy, and I think one of them was like asking her out and she's like no i'm good i'm focusing on myself right now <laughs> which i thought was kind of yeah it was kind of like just weird but yeah um but yeah uh we catch up with mando he's got the dark saber is that what they call it mm -hmm. but for some reason he can't wield it and i'm like what this guy's like a trained assassin and he can't just fucking use the sword like that's weird yeah, if I remember right, it's it has something to do with um, the the fact that it's like because it's like force imbued or some nonsense. So like, it'll it'll fight you if you like let it. Some kind of like Excalibur bullshit. Yeah, you have it, to be worthy or something to wield exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> I it felt almost as if it was like meant to just like impair the character a little bit, and that just felt like force drama. But whatever. Mm -hmm. I I will say I liked the idea that he because he's not like well trained in it at all. Like he ended up hurting himself. Yeah, he like um, burns his leg yeah. or something. Yeah, I mean like he's lucky he didn't cut his leg off. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, like he's pretty brutal in the beginning of the episode too. Like he cut that one dude in half, and I was like, mm -hmm. "Go you." Um, yeah, I was like, he's straight up murdering people here, like. <laughs> Yeah. Remember, it's a kid's show. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's like something that that kind of I I think feels off a little bit is like we have the episode with uh you know the, the the fake Power Rangers on their Vespas chasing a guy down, and then like we cut to that to yeah him straight up like butchering people. Like, yeah. How does that right. work? Like, this just felt like. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is probably the best episode of the season so far. But it's mm -hmm. also the weirdest, too. Because, like, yeah, like, dude gets cut in half. A chick's talking about hooking up with Jawas. Like, what is this? Like, what is the show trying to be? And I'm just confused. And Yeah. I I do I, love his uh, his ride, though. His ride? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Naboo Starfighter. <laughs> Odd racing. Oh, yeah, there was, like... If you love fucking Phantom Menace, this movie was like fucking Phantom Menacing all over the place. It was. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I guess I just love the fact that like they're right. It, it is a it's a starfighter and he's like treating it like one. So he's like, you know, actually flying. I don't know. I, I, I thought the visual in this were, were just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Like when he's flying it through the canyon and stuff. Oh, yeah. That work was cool. Definitely like pod racing flashbacks. Mm -hmm. uh, made me almost half tempted to go and rewatch episode one again, but then I stopped myself. I'm like, don't, don't. Be yeah, don't do that. <laughs> you, you don't. Need he to do he that. he uh, turned on the nos and and flew away from the cops. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Uh, but I'm like, he didn't turn on his hyperspace drive. Also, it was weird too because the body double for Luke was the other pilot, and I'm like, mm -hmm. it's weird that they had him. Like that guy readily available. <laughs> they just have him like in the back well I don't know just saying like oh, so what's his name uh, Dinjarin's like I've got to go check it on Grogu or whatever so makes me wonder if we're going to see Luke and Grogu next up I feel like we might kind of hope we uh, don't I, that's the thing I'm like I don't need fucking any more distractions just give me Boba Fett fucking fighting the 
Pike syndicate. That's what I've been wanting. Instead, he's got fucking back to flashbacks and he's fucking got Dinjarin side quest. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this show's a fucking mess. It really is. And like, again, don't get me wrong. This episode's the best of the bunch. It's still a mess. Like, it's still not, not that great, even though it's probably the best of the bunch. I don't know. It, it was, I mean, it was just weird just to have, like, an episode of The Mandalorian just in the middle of the season of, of <laughs> Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Like, I was like, I like I didn't expect to see all this stuff until, like, season three of Mandalorian or something. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, we're just, what? we're going into this now, and it, which it was fine, and it was, yeah, it was better than all, everything so far, but because it, it was, like, a different show. Yeah. Well, I almost would have preferred, I don't know if they could have done this, but, like, have Book of Boba Fett just be its own show. Focus on what it is. Less back to flashbacks. And then just have, like, maybe, like, this episode do, a, like, its own standalone thing. Like, just have it separate from Book of Boba Fett and just release it afterwards. And then, like, that would have been fine. But they tied it into Book of Boba Fett and it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Like, again, it's cool, but it just, when you really start to think about it, you're like, this doesn't make sense in the grand scheme of the show. Um, so, I don't know. It's, uh... I- I will say I will have a great laugh if uh, during uh, Mando season three, if like they they reference this as like as just an episode of uh, Bubba Fett. I think that'd be pretty funny. Yeah. Like what Bubba Fett was doing during this time. It all, I always like, wonder too if like, like somebody was watching the dailies for the other episodes and like, can we just like, fucking like throw in a Dijarn episode? Like nobody's going to fucking like this shit. <laughs> Oh my god. They just replaced one of the episodes. <laughs> They're like, no, it's gonna stick around. Just throw in a Mando episode randomly because we need to keep people's attention. So <laughs> They're like the kids like Mando. Yeah. It kinda of makes me think they, they probably maybe should have just done Mandalorian season three with a few episodes being focused on Boba Fett instead of having a Boba Fett show with with a Mando episode and whatnot. I mean also, I think the problem with this, too, is this feels like this was probably originally a movie, and then somebody was like, no, we don't have the time to tell this in a movie. Let's extend this to a 10-episode series or whatever it is. No, I don't think it's 10 episodes. I think it's like 8, but like still. It feels like it's a movie plot that's stretched out way too thin. And yeah. Just like with anything, you stretch it out way too thin, you start to get holes in it. So that's where we're at. Um, I, I think this would have worked better if they just did it as like a disney plus exclusive movie book of boba fett there you go it's like a two hour long movie yeah with the whatever the fucking uh tuscan raiders and then he goes fights the fights pike syndicate that would have been an interesting movie but they've stretched it out way too thin and now it's just feels like a mess so it's this kind of problem disney has right now where they're like how do we milk everything as much as possible without straining people's attention and you know what? I hate to say this, but this is the same problem we had with Hawkeye, where like we're going into like the last episode, we're like, there's all this fucking shit you haven't wrapped up. I guarantee you, now they're gonna throw in an episode with like Luke and Grogu, and like then they're gonna head into the last episode and be like, well, we gotta resolve all this shit. Well, we'll see how it goes. And it's like, no, it doesn't work like that. There hasn't even been like any setup, like. <laughs> well, I mean, there is. The Fennec Shen's like, well, I guess we're going to war, and I'm like, okay, I thought that would have been like the three episodes is like them going to war and like that, but no. But now we have this, and then 
again, I bet you it's Luke and Grogu next up, and then they're going to leave all this Pike Syndicate conflict resolution shit to, like, the last episode, and it's going to feel like a goddamn mess, just like Hawkeye did. So <laughs> They don't even address it. That'd be fine. It just it just goes straight into Mando season three. <laughs> like it's a bad dream that never happened. He just wakes yeah. up in the tank and it's like, oh, it was all a dream. And like, <laughs> there's rumors of like a Han Solo cameo and stuff. And I'm like, you're gonna cram so much shit into this last episode. It's gonna feel like a goddamn mess. Is there? Do we only have one episode left? Two. Oh, two. Okay. But still, it's not. Yeah. And depending on what they do next episode, it's I'm and let's just say I don't have faith that they're gonna resolve a lot next episode. They're gonna leave everything to the last episode. Mm-hmm. So I mean again, just look at Hawkeye, it's the same shit. My prediction is that they're gonna be losing the war and then it's gonna be just like in Lord of the Rings where they look over on like the sand dune hillside and then all the Tuscan Raiders just start coming up in front of the sun and start like charging down the hill. And then, like, win the war for them, and they're like, yeah. Well, like, I don't know. I've been reading a lot of rumors about the show, and, like, apparently Kira's going to show up, apparently Han Solo's going to show up, apparently Cad Bane's going to show up. I'm like, where the fuck are you finding time to do all this shit? You can't even fucking find time to give Boba Fett his proper due. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Uh... That being said, I did like this episode with the caveat that this is a good Mando season three episode and not a good Book of Boba Fett episode. Um, I'll give it... I'll give it 8 out of 10. I'll be a little bit more optimistic because it was really solid. It's just... I don't know. I'm docking two points alone for the fact that this is a fucking weird-ass way to handle your show. So, What about you, Lee? What do you think of her score? Uh, yeah, I think eight out of ten is good. Um, it it for a, an episode of Mando, I would I would even say it's one of the better episodes of Mandalorian. Um, oh, totally had it been great. in like season two. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just love the visuals on this thing. Um, him his conflict, I think, with his like his former people that got resolved, I think, really fast. Um, I know I know we didn't talk about that at all, but like, oh yeah. With, like, the dude fighting him, and there was, like, well, that was... Yeah, cool. I, I mean, I liked that fight. Like, that was just incredibly brutal. But, like, I just, I felt like that whole, like, thing of him, you know, he, he violated their code and, and all that stuff. I felt like that just went by really, really fast. But well, other than that, yeah, 8 out of 10. <laughs> also, too, like, how does Bo-Katan, like, figure into this? Because, like, wasn't she gonna have the sword? So No, the, at the end of, um, I don't know if you remember, at the end of Season 2, like she didn't want to take it because it could only be one in conflict, like in combat. Uh, so this kind of, this episode actually explained like kind of the reason why that has to be in like a weird, like traditional kind of way. But like, I mean, I'm glad they let him keep it. I thought that was kind of nice of, of the, yeah. Oh, I did also like the Terminator two shit of like the night of a thousand tears. I think they call it, but, Oh yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty epic. Yeah. That was pretty good. And that's something they've, touched on in clone wars but i don't think we've ever seen live action so that was kind of cool yeah oh yeah i was gonna say the idea of like because i mean you're, you're right in i know in like the books and stuff like that they you know they bring up oh you know the empire could level planets but like seeing that many like of the bombers and then yeah the 
the Terminator <laughs> robots, basically. I was like, oh, this 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 has got dark real quick. Yeah. Cool. Adam, what do you think of Roscoe? Yeah, I, I I think I gave it like a seven out of ten. Um, but yeah, mainly because it was this was like an episode of The Mandalorian more so than than what we've been getting from Boba Fett. Um, I really liked the first half of the episode too. I loved all that backstory, um, or, or seeing more of like the traditions of the Mandalorian people and talking about their history. And um, I liked how the part two or how they kind of melted down like the the Beskar spear, and it's like this this metal should only be used as like an armor instead of a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked like the fight too they had how it was like like just on this narrow bridge like just over open space, but it's cool because like you're like oh they could fall off but then they just have their jetpacks to get right back up but <laughs> it just looks cool yeah uh also that was like the whole when that I, when i saw like that whole facility i was like that that's the halo ring this is oh, like the yeah. ring from yeah halo. like what is <laughs> like i'm like am i watching i'm like okay i guess this is in star wars but yeah definitely not obscure whatsoever <laughs> like they were like no fucking chill they're just like yeah here's halo ring it's like here's the halo ring right before halo <laughs> their own live action series it's like okay that's... i mean it looked good yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'll give it that yeah yeah oh but... uh just so you mentioned it like the they make like the little mando armor for for grogu or whatever oh, i like yeah. the fact that the uh the little wrapping looked like him oh like yeah i guess with the with the tie the knot is kind of like his ears sticking out. yeah I, like, I just if that's like fucking <laughs> head armor for him i'm gonna fucking like rage i'm gonna fucking be like so mad that's the dumbest fucking pandering nerd shit possible so how many times have we seen like fucking fan art of like grogu in a mando helmet and i'm like if they fucking do that i'm gonna fucking throw something out a window so i, I, I hope it's just like a little tiny lightsaber <laughs> i i'm thinking it's just like some <laughs> chain mail or something mm-hmm. it's a fucking like jump pack or something god damn i'd be giving them any ideas <laughs> you know well you know it's got to be something cool because they got to make a toy of it oh 100 well, yeah i'm pretty sure it's a helmet because <laughs> A helmet you could clearly fucking like you can make a toy out of that. <laughs> but his ears gonna be sticking out of the helmet? Cause then like what's what's the point of wearing That's a why helmet? He made the helmet with specific little ear things just for his ears. <laughs> okay, okay. That's gonna look really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm gonna fucking rage when I see this shit. They fucking do that, so help me God. <laughs> I will give that episode a zero out of ten and I'm gonna fucking I'm just I'm just laughing though if he is a helmet because he's like a baby, he's gonna grow out of it. Yeah, after like two, <laughs> two episodes he's already doesn't like, fit me out. anymore, Dad. <laughs> Do you know how expensive Beskar is? <laughs> okay. Well two episodes ago. Let's see how it wraps. You know what's a way better show? Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Oh, yeah. Peacemaker. Yeah, I like this episode. I thought it was a good solid up. Um, I think uh, it uh, did a pretty good job of, like, uh, I don't know, setting up the conflict a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. What does everyone else think of the chainsaw? I have a... 
chainsaw-friendly <laughs> Peacemaker episode oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna be like, can we talk about that ending? That was like, that was fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the action scenes here. With the, yeah, with the whole gorilla <laughs> and the chainsaw. I was like, Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. That was just... I was wondering, that was, was that nuts. Gorilla Grodd? I, I, I you know, I thought so at first, but I think it was just one of those like like uh, butterfly things in in the yeah. head of a gorilla. Oh okay. It was just like a super strong gorilla. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, that would be really cool if that was Gorilla Grodd, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see some other kind of like silly like DC villains, or like there was a there was that one little Easter egg where um. Uh, there was like a newspaper in his house that it was like Peacemaker takes down Kite Man. I was that like, was oh, that'd be funny, funny if we saw Kite Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently there's a rumor of a Justice League member cameoing in the finale, which I don't know how true it is, but. Hmm. We'll uh, that'd be interesting. But yeah. yeah. I mean, we could talk about the ending, I guess, because the ending was fucking wild. Um, <laughs> and Diebeard redeems himself. Yeah. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I don't know. I, I thought this it, it was a good way to also, like, I don't know, have Peacemaker be, like, slightly less of an asshole. Like, when he <laughs> finds out that the guy's also into Hanoi Rocks, and, like, he's like, okay, mm -hmm. you're not that terrible. And then, yeah, he, he chainsaws the gorilla at the, at the end, and you're like, oh, yeah, he's a pretty cool dude. Um, yeah. But also, too, like, yeah, the end with her putting on the x-ray helmet and figuring out that the handler or whatever... I keep forgetting what his name is. I'm sorry, but he's kind of, like, basically the handler. He, um, he doesn't have a character. Except for having a butterfly in his head, he does not have a character. So, yeah, she finds out, and then he's, like, has her on the ground. Uh, but I don't know, there was, like, some lights that kind of appeared that looked like headlights, so part of me thinks is, like, somebody intervene and stop him. Probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was wondering how that was. He was kind of, kind of get found out because the end of the last one, I guess it's revealed that he is kind of infected with one of those butterflies. Yeah, yeah. And now yeah. I was like, so now he, now, now that, now she knows. So, so I mean, someone's gonna die now. Uh, I love just the constant references to they live. Like when they put on the helmet, they can see what people really look like. I was like, oh, okay, it's like <laughs> they live in a lot of ways. Yeah. There's also that very overt um, uh, invasion of the body snatchers yes. uh, throwback. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. This is this is an interesting episode. I like the fact that they're like coming together as a team and like having fun. Um, like when they have like little group chat at the end with the picture. I, I thought that was a very like just kind of a nice moment to have. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for like how ridiculous and over the top it is, it, it does a good job of balancing it with those kind of like, like human moments or mm -hmm. them just as people. They feel like just real people or just, you know, it's, it's all it's it's absurd, but like, yeah, I, I like that it, it does feel grounded in that way too. A super oh yeah, hyper specific complaint I have about the show in general, but in particular this episode. <laughs> is all the shots that are clearly in Vancouver, and I'm like, well, that's the that blue plan that you're fucking going into. I'm like, I don't know. Is it just a me thing? Yes. But, I don't know. Like, I was watching, like, they're like, all right, let's go in and take on these these butterfly people. I'm like, you're fucking in the Labatt blue plant. Like, I know where that is. Like, it's, yeah. 
I don't know what that means, but sure. Uh, I, I didn't even notice. Yeah, and I live here, so now I feel bad. Well, there was definitely a <laughs> shot where they had the Labatt Blue, like, symbol, and then they kind of, like, cut to another shot, and it was gone. And I'm like, well, they forgot to take it out of this other shot. Oh. I mean, Oops. again, it's hyper-specific. Doesn't matter, no, but, I, yeah. Um... Um, yeah, oh, also, too, like, with him, like, throwing that grenade attached to a tank shell, and, like, <laughs> I like how she's like, how big of an explosion is that going to be? He's like, oh, fuck, I don't know. Like, I just think this is important. I love that. That was great. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, his his reaction to it right before, I, I had a pretty good laugh. He's like, he's like, I'm done fucking around. I'm just going to just knock up, like, take them all out. I was like, oh, that's a way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I love how he doesn't give a shit. Like, uh, in the beginning, when he just starts blowing heads off, she's like, well, I thought you were going to give me a signal. It's like, yeah, the signal was me shooting him in the face. Like, it's yeah. Like, he just doesn't care. Yeah. You know? He well, just throws like, the bomb. It's like, could have said to run. It's like, it's a bomb. Come on. I also love, too, that, like, he has that one point where he um, uh, was uh, doing the thing where he, uh, like, goes in and shoots those people like and then she's like what the hell are you doing he's like oh i had x-ray vision on and he had like no point to tell anybody that he had, had x-ray vision on. <laughs> yeah. like, but he doesn't care which is kind of like I, I love there's like, these little moments with his character where you're like yeah they're slowly starting to like have him be less of an asshole but he's still an asshole um, mm -hmm. and i, I just mm -hmm. love that so Trying to think of what else. Do you, do you think they're setting up uh, a romance with him and the and the blonde? It, uh, it kind of seems like it's kind of going that way. I'm like, uh, I yeah. don't know. I've seen like some interview, or I, I shouldn't say like full on interviews, but different like quotes from interviews of uh, I think with John Cena. I want to say that they they've said that they're they have a relationship, but it's not like. Well, not like that. Like, I think they're supposed to eventually just be like, kind of like good friends. Right. Yeah, because there's that moment where she's like in the bar and like reading the text messages. Or she's kind of mm -hmm. like smiling. And I'm I... like, I don't know if it's because it's like more like Peacemaker or it's just like the whole team. is They're just kind of friends. Yeah. I yeah. Think, like the direction the show's going, it's more about him kind of being a better person. I don't think mm -hmm. it's really necessarily centered on him getting a relationship. Like, I don't think you yeah. need to do that. Do I think they could do that in a Peacemaker season two? Sure. But I think this uh, this season is particularly focused on um, more so, like, him just being less of an asshole. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially when you have his dad, who I'm guessing the dad's going after him now. Like, that's what it seems like it's setting up. I, I keep wondering, like, who the big villain of this season's going to be. And I'm like, is it the handler dude with the butterfly in his brain is it the dad because the dad definitely seems like he's still pretty awful um yeah so. yeah yeah, yeah I, well, i'm expecting some kind of showdown between him and the dad because the dad's got like that we saw like his costume at one point it looks like some weird like white nationalist like saint in armor like yeah. <laughs> it's the one like, driving that trucker's convoy do it like i yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> oh my god it, it was after the the attack on our capital he went up to your guys's yeah god, can you imagine the potential of them doing like peacemaker protects like storm the capital 
Like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like, yeah. man. No, but anyway, yeah, those are ideas for the next season, I guess. But there you go. I also, now that I'm thinking about it, it would be kind of funny if, like, you have the season of Peacemaker and with them, like, we're good friends, and they just have, like, a post-credit scene where they hook up, and it's like, and he's like, oh, I can't wait to tell everyone about this, and she's like, if you fucking tell anybody, you're dead. Something like that would be kind of funny. I can see funny. her doing that with, uh, with Vigilante, to be honest. <laughs> Vigilante's hilarious. This and then a Vigilante really just immediately talking about it to other people. Yeah, or just annoying <laughs> the shit out of her. <laughs> the funny thing with Vigilante 2 is if you're not paying attention to his dialogue, you miss out on shit. But if you're paying attention, his dialogue is some of the funniest in the whole show. So It really is. He's like... Some of the looks that him and John Cena just give each other, too, they're so subtle, but it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Like He'll just ask some stupid question in the presentation, and John Cena's just looking at him, like, shaking his head. like. Yeah. That whole presentation scene had me, had me rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Especially the, the whole, like, was the just how, like, ambiguous some of the slides were. And he's just like, I thought the, him and the monkey are friends. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Um, so, yeah. What do we give this episode a score of? Hmm. That's a good question. I'll give it. I'll give it seven, seven and a half. Okay. Okay. Yeah, solid. I, I think I liked some of the earlier ones a bit better, but this one was pretty good. Yeah. Mm. What about you, Lee? Uh, I'll give it. I'll give it an eight. Uh, but I do agree. I I think this isn't one of the best, but it's definitely a fun episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll give it an eight as well. I mean, it was very focused on, like, the mission and not really, like, too much of the overarching story. Um, but I still liked it. I still thought it was good. So. All right. Our movie club for this week is not another teen movie, which is absolutely hilarious. I thought, at least. Lee, you chose this. Did you watch I this did. movie, like, in the early 2000s? You had, like, your baggy jeans and your, like... I don't know. I, my my chain wallet and uh, while well, I was listening to uh, to, your, to Lint Biscuit. Your Slipknot uh, t-shirt. <laughs> um, I I want to say I did not watch this in theaters. Uh, when it first came out, I want to say I watched it. Um, I think on TV or cable a few years after. Okay. Uh, but yeah, this, this is an interesting movie. Um, in that it parodies a lot of those like. Yeah, there's 90s like teen comedies or even teen like dramas, I guess, from back back then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was a it was definitely interesting on rewatch. Yeah. But I, I am very curious uh, about some of our other other podcast mates, what they thought. Yeah, Katie, we haven't heard from you in a bit. What did you think of Not Another Teen Movie? I actually never watched it, so. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean that that says all. It just says everything right there. Yeah. Um, all right, Adam. What about yourself? What did you think of not another team? Well, now, now I feel slightly bad because I I, did, I didn't get through the whole thing this week. 
admittedly. Um, it was I, I have seen it before though. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was a little much. I think. I mean, my girlfriend just got her booster and she wasn't really having it, so <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's fair. We don't have to watch this. <laughs> but you know, it's pretty ridiculous, you know. Um, yeah, it is very like. I mean, I was born '96, um, so when I was kind of a teenager, there was still like I I know I, I there's a lot of those kind of teen movies I, and the tropes that I can see how it's it's referencing and satirizing. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of like there's a lot of things I kind of forgot about that generation, um, in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, which thankfully they don't we don't really see much more in Hollywood of. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it's uh yeah this is a, it's a, it's a very out there movie. That is a a really good way to describe it. I I will say this: I did think like its jokes and kind of references to like yeah this genre of movies were like really well done. Like mm-hmm. it's a lot. Like there's a ton of references in here like uh, google is telling me there's like over 40 references in this movie and i'm like yeah i can see it because it's just so much that they're like cramming in in terms of like references and stuff um yeah i i do kind of like uh, admittingly i think like to like have that many references and have them all work pretty well yeah it is a little heavy-handed but again you're kind of watching a movie like this expecting that because it is a parody movie. Like, that's what it's supposed to be doing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I actually enjoy this quite a bit, actually. I was very pleasantly surprised at, like, how many references they were cramming in and just how well executed they were. I thought it was just, like, mm-hmm. incredible how many they were able to cram in, even just to a given scene. Yeah. It's, um, it's very clever in that way. They're really smart, too. Like, it, it's, yeah. I think it, it's like, it's almost like, it's like a dumb movie written and crafted by smart people, you know? Yeah, mm. exactly. Like, it, I think it's a lot smarter than people would give it credit for. Because it's like, again, to, like, put in that many references was just astonishing. Um, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, like, uh, it's something, Adam, that you said originally, um, that this movie is, like, a bit much in areas. Mm. Uh, that was kind of my take on rewatching this. Like just because mm-hmm. I, I like I mean, overall, I like the movie and I think you guys are right. It The way that it um, satirizes a lot of those like tropes from back then or like even scenes like directly or characters. Mm-hmm. There are I, I want to say like. Uh, I guess it's maybe the nudity or like the raunchiness. Like I had forgotten how bad that was in this. Oh, yeah. Or like how just overt it was. Um, so kind of like every time like like they had a. a uh, ex- for, quote unquote foreign exchange student that was just topless the entire time. I was kind of like, oh, I forgot this was a thing, like that we're doing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It just it. it I felt like some parts of it were were funny. Like some parts were absolutely brilliant, and then other stuff I thought was just incredibly lazy. Um, I don't know. Maybe inconsistent would probably be the best word I can use to describe this. Yeah, I'd say like not every joke lands in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like the foreign exchange student being nude, like that one was one that felt a little excessive. 
Uh, yeah. Just to the point where I'm like, what's your goal with this? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Uh, yeah. But did I still enjoy it? The movie, yeah. The, but not every joke in a movie is going to work, and that's such a, such a subjective thing. But I think, like, by and large, most of the jokes work. I do agree that the mm-hmm. foreign exchange student one was just one where I was like, Clearly, they knew the audience for this movie. It was teenage boys, and they were like, mm-hmm. "Well, you know what they're gonna like to see is boobs." So. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I mean, like I said, overall, I think I think it's pretty funny. Uh, the other one that kind of, I don't want to say took me out, but like I didn't realize how, like, over the top it was. Was uh one of the boys that's like pretending to be Asian. Oh. Um, I was like. This is just, I, it's one of those things where, like, I almost couldn't tell, like, if if it was supposed to be that over the top as a parody, or if it was because this movie was made in 2001 and it was okay to make those kind of jokes. Um, like, it was just one of those things I had a hard time, like, differentiating. I'm like, is this supposed to be making fun of that? Or, like, well, like I don't know. He gets, like, punched or kicked or something for it. So I was like, okay, they clearly know it's not right so yeah but even the fact that they like use martial arts to like beat him up i was kind of like oh mm. i mean isn't that kind of playing into a stereotype no true i mean it, i i was like oh this joke seems a little tasteless and then they, they kicked him and i'm like okay i'm mildly yeah it. it still wasn't like my favorite joke of the entire movie or anything but i was like okay mm-hmm. at least they kind of knew that you could tell that the like first draft was somebody just being like replicating asian stereotypes and then someone was yeah. like, we got to have this dude get his comeuppance, like, otherwise it just doesn't work, so. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you give this a score of, Lee? Oh, okay. Um, uh, I'm going to give it a, I think probably a six out of ten. Oof. Um, and it's not, like I said, it's not because, like, I didn't like it or anything like that. It's just, I think the, like, inconsistency of the jokes um, kind of threw me off and then also looking at it too this this movie is making fun of like you know a genre of movies that really hasn't been popular in like getting close to like 25 years mm. so like i think some of the jokes don't really like land nearly as well because like those movies aren't really popular anymore so it kind of like i'm like oh okay this is kind of funny but you know it'd probably be funnier if i watched this like 10 or 15 years ago uh, I'll give it a nine out of ten. If only oh, wow. because oh, yeah. the jokes were just so well done in a lot of cases. Uh, I was like, I was very impressed. I was like, whoever wrote this movie did an incredible job. Does mm-hmm. everything else about this movie kind of beat that up to stuff? Not always, but it, it was impressive enough even just to see like somebody do such a great job of basically making mm-hmm. this, making a movie with as many references work. So. Cool. Well, our next week's movie club, we're, we're going to just be a bunch of jackasses because we're going to watch Jackass 3D. Um, yeah, I think if you're here in Canada, it's on Netflix until the 31st. So <laughs> probably by the time you listen to this, it'll be off, but uh, it might be a chance. Uh, after that, I think it's all going to Paramount Plus. So you can check it out on there. All right, well, we'll see you all uh, next week. Bye for now.